the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I went down to Captain Tony's to get out of the heat. I heard a voice call out to me, son, come have a seat. I had to search my memories as I looked into those eyes. Our lives changed like the weather, but a legend never dies. He said I ain't the last man going Paris. Took the last plane out of Saigon. I took the first passport to China. And Jimmy, there's still so much to be done. Well, what's going on, everybody? It's another Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. And I know, you know, what a weekend last weekend of artists that passed away, Jimmy Buffett being one of them. Uh, that The last mango in Paris from his Feeding, Feeding Frenzy, uh, Jimmy Buffett live album from back in the 90s, uh, passing away at the age of 76, way too young. Uh, he passed away in Sag Harbor, New York. He had... Um, a very rare skin cancer, and uh, an artist. I only got a chance to see Jimmy once in concert. I was a fan. An ex-girlfriend of mine actually got me into him from this particular album, by the way, and um, only got to see him once, and that was a couple of years ago. Uh, probably, I think the last time he played PNC Bank Art Center, uh, to be honest with you, and um, what a show. Tight set, less than two hours. I mean, he was on at 7.30. He was off at 9.30. The party continued in the parking lot. The party was going when we got there. And we got there early, but not as early as some people. And uh, he lived the life he wanted to live, ladies and gentlemen. That's the life you want to live. You know, sun, beautiful, you know, gorgeous weather, the ocean, some songs, a couple cocktails, maybe a margarita. Uh, we celebrated last weekend with a margarita for, you know, in honor of Jimmy. And... uh you know, we'll play some other stuff during the show, obviously. Other artists that passed away as well. Uh, we'll sprinkle them in uh, during the program. But Jimmy Buffett, boy, let me tell you something. Um, he lived exactly he lived exactly the way he wanted to live. Very much so. And he will certainly um, be missed. So let us dive in to uh, news, because we've got a lot of it, and there's a lot going on here. Um, Lunacy Brewing has announced uh, down in South Jersey that they are closing. Uh, They are in Haddon Heights, New Jersey. Uh, They originally started in Magnolia, New Jersey. And uh, this is from, I'm paraphrasing from their Facebook post. It's a post we really didn't want to make. After eight plus years, we have decided to close our doors. It wasn't an easy decision, but we feel it's the best for us. From day one, the support was there. A bunch of guys homebrewing in a garage decided to take a shot and open a business. We landed at 214 Davis Road in Magnolia, New Jersey. If you were there, you knew the charm, including the walk to the bathroom. Uh, after roughly four years, we decided we wanted to expand production. The thought was to stay in Magnolia, but things didn't work out. 
So we started our next chapter at 1500 Kings Highway in Haddon Heights, a new location, new equipment, very similar vibe and atmosphere without the long walk to the bathroom. Ran into hiccups that prevented us from expanding the production side of the business. Along with those obstacles were the pandemic, brewery restrictions, and other problems that led to our decision to close our doors. Uh, We have met some of the best people over the last several years that we are lucky enough to now call friends. We have to thank our amazing staff, past and present, that have helped us. We can't list everybody, but you know who you are, and we appreciate you more than you will ever know. We will miss brewing beer. We will miss hanging out and talking with you. Uh, We will miss the others in the industry that were always there to help us when we need it. Their last day is Saturday, September 16th. It'll be a celebration with live music and friends and family, both old and new. We all hope to see you here that day or days leading up to the finale. Last call. Uh, Come out and say hello, not goodbye. We love you all. Now, so far, we have had a number of places closed in New Jersey this year. Some of it is the inability of Governor Murphy to sign this beer bill. Uh, But so far, Seven Mile Tuckahoe, which is closing in November, Bull and Bear in uh, Summit, Jug Handle, High Rail, uh, closed, from, from what I'm hearing, is moving to a new location. Eskerhart Artisan Ales is taking that old space over. Atco Coho, not closing. They are for sale. Coho is for sale. Kelly Green Brewing closed in March, and even though it's not beer but mead, Melovino as well, closed uh, just uh, about a month ago. So um, we've seen a number of places closed this year. We've seen a number of places, uh, you know, having issues. Now, is part of it the pandemic? Yes. Is part of it um, Governor Murphy not signing the beer bill? Yes. I think there's another part of it as well. And I think it's something that a couple of people, when I posted this on a couple of different Facebook pages, they brought up, and and others maybe not so much. Um, I think the bottom line is this. The breweries that didn't shift during the pandemic or were able to ride the storm they're the ones that are in dire straits right now and are probably going out of business. There's another segment of this. There's inflation. Costs for everything have gone up. People don't have disposable income anymore. Or if they do have disposable income, they're spending it on other things. People are becoming somewhat more health conscious. I will agree that with that. Um, I will say that You know, some people, when it gets to $20 for a four-pack of beer, have decided, you know what, I'm not going to buy it. And I've seen that. I've seen it myself. I've made choices that way uh, over the last several months. And, you know, and I have some disposable income, but I've chosen to sort of back off on certain things. And we all do that. So I think that's a part of it as well. The economy has not helped over the last several years. But also, you know... There's also a thinning of the beer business, a thinning of the herd, so to speak. We have so many breweries in this country. There's well over 9,000. Not everybody is going to be a success. You know, I, I forget what the number was, the success rate of business, a small business that opens. I think it's less than 30%. Like, you run, like I think businesses that open, many of them fail within the first year. Then you have the, ne- you know, the, the, the next tier that fail within three years. Then there's the next... And then, you know, you have to get to a certain benchmark before you're considered a success. The other thing is this. You have to make a good product. And you've got to make a good product right out of the box now. If you're not making a good product right out of the box, you are way, way, way behind the eight ball. And are probably going to go out of business. It is important that you have a brewer that knows what he's doing, that that can pump out a beer that people... I'm not saying a beer that they haven't ever tasted before, but it's got to be a beer that blows their socks off, that says, wow, this is great. I'm going to come back again for more. 
That's what you need to do. The other thing is, distro, know your role as to where you are in the beer business. Okay? So if you're a small brewery and you're trying to up the game and be a production brewery to make beer to get out for distro, then you've got to be able to keep up that, you know, that pace. If you can't, then you have no business doing that. Then be the the, the corner brewery on the block, you know? You don't have to be all things to everyone. You know, one of the breweries, I'll use this as an example, that has not done that, and I know I had a lot of news to get to, but I don't think I'm going to get to it here in this segment. I think it's going to be for the next segment because I think we're going to do pretty much a guestless show because it's a short week this week, and I've got a lot to say. Um, Wet Ticket is a perfect example of how they don't let themselves get too far out of the box. Now, yes, they want to expand. They've been talking about it for a number of years. But things haven't worked out the way they wanted to. They want to move to the building next door. They're trying to negotiate with their landlord. They're trying to do a bunch of different things. However, they're not getting ahead of themselves. They have their cans for sale in their brewery. They have distro in a number of places in New Jersey, but they've never gotten ahead of themselves. They're very measured in their pace. And it's a smart move by both owners, Tim and Al. They're smart. They're methodical. Some would say, oh, well, you know, they're a little bit behind. That's okay. They're still making consistently good beer. And that's what you need to do. You can't be all things to everyone. I think the first thing that you have to do is make consistently good beer. Then you want to, you know, make sure you're getting people in your place. After that, it's getting it out to distro if that's what you want to do. But to rush the process of any of these things is not really the best thing in the world to do. So to, to me... Consistency is key. And maybe some of these places, and I don't, I, you know, I don't know for certain. Again, this is speculation. I've had a couple of Lunacy's beers. Um, you know, okay, nothing great, nothing that blew my socks off. Um, saw them a couple times down at the AC Beer Fest. Great guys. They're really nice people. I don't think we've ever had them on the show before. And I, I, seem, I, and I seem to recall after my cancer, I had a whole big thing with them um, when I was at uh, the Atlantic City Beer Fest when it was still indoors. Regardless of that, the bottom line is this. Um, no matter what, whether it's New Jersey or anywhere else, you have to be measured in your business. You can't be all things. To, I, I just said that you can't be all things to everyone. But you also can't expand too quickly. <clears throat> and, I think, and I think the pandemic ruined a lot of businesses because they weren't sure as to how to shift and to what to do. And that hurt them. But inflation has hurt them. Other things have hurt them. But the product, if the product is there, people will come. Source has been open, what, four years now? Consistently making great beer. Bolero's been open, their, their tap room has only been open for a couple of years, but they've been making beer consistently for over 10. Same with Carton, same with Kane. But their business models are different. Kane's business model is, is meant on distribution. They're, they love it when you come to the tap room, but they'd rather you buy their beer in a bar somewhere. Carton? It's sort of a half and half. Yeah, we want people in our tap room to enjoy our beer. We like our distro, and we'll deliver, but we make good beer. Twin Elephant is another perfect example of a small brewery that does very well, that has distribution in places, and you know gets their beer out, but people come to them. That's why they're successful. I, I could quote a million others in New Jersey. Well, there isn't a million. But Governor Murphy, and we need to take a break here, but Governor Murphy... You need to get this bill signed. You need to get things done here. 
you're hurting a segment of your business and you're going to lose tax revenue, plain and simple, and you have a golden opportunity to be the good guy here and not the bad guy. We'll leave it at that. When we come back after a short break, news and notes. More news, the news that I should have gotten to in this first segment on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. We're going to that one particular harbor. Take our Caribbean roots with us, huh? You certainly look dressed for the occasion. How could you not be in a good mood listening to this? That is what I'm talking about. A little one particular harbor from uh, Jimmy Buffett. Just a little snippet of that as we return here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer. Uh, no guests this evening. Uh, I had a short week this week, and so just trying to um, you know get stuff done. Uh, we, we were going to have Chuck Garrity on the show from Death of the Fox Brewing. Obviously, all the stuff that's going on in New Jersey. I spoke about it in our first segment here. Uh, but Chuck is in the process of opening his second coffee location uh, in New Jersey. And so uh, we're going to get him on on next week's program. I got an interview um, scheduled for next week, early next week, that I will tape. And then we will air it uh, next Sunday night uh, to talk all about all this nonsense that is going on in New Jersey as we're seeing breweries closing up uh, left and right. Some of it due to Governor Murphy's inaction, some of it due to the pandemic, some of it due to just bad business sense or maybe bad beer. Um, you know, that's the other equation. You know, again, as I mentioned, if your beer isn't good, people aren't going to be coming back. Uh, as much as they want to support you, and the bottom line is if your beer doesn't taste good uh, or it's not, you know, whatever, you're not going to be in business uh, very long. And it's managing your business, too, managing your money wisely, uh, keeping an eye on your books, et cetera, et cetera. I- I'd go on for another segment about this, but we don't need to do that. Let us get into some other stuff, though. So um, Lawson's Finest Liquids is doing a collaboration beer to raise funds for ongoing flood relief. Uh, If you're interested in having your brewery participate in this collaborative project, visit the link below for the recipe and all assets needed. This is Vermont Strong Pale Ale. All funds raised from this project will go directly to the Vermont Community Foundation's VT Flood Response and Recovery Fund 2023. The Vermont Community Foundation does a fantastic job vetting organizations to ensure that donations go to worthy and impactful causes, maximizing the positive impact on the hardest-hit communities. Uh, they'll track donations from Vermont Strong through the Vermont Community Foundations and will report back to all participants. When the project is complete, the page, vermontstrongbeer.com. Uh, again, it's a pale ale. There's a recipe. It is public. You can go there if you're a brewery. You're listening to this. You want to do something to help out the folks in Vermont. You make this beer and a portion of the proceeds that you or all funds raised. So maybe this is a 100% donation, which is probably the case with Lawson's Finest Liquids. 
um, that go directly to helping out this fund to help people uh, during those massive floods that uh, Vermont suffered uh, just about a month and a half ago. As I've been mentioning all along the last couple of weeks, Westfield Hops pouring in Westfield Saturday, November 11th. Tickets are on sale now, 6 to 9.30 p.m. at the Westfield Armory in Westfield, New Jersey, westfieldhops.com. Uh, you know, 60, 70, you know, styles of craft beer. There'll be uh, Senior Sangria will be there. I'm sure some of the breweries will have seltzers there as well uh, for those who are who don't really drink beer. Uh, great food vendors, very easily accessible by train. Uh, Raritan Valley Line, you get off of the Westfield stop. It's a, it's a little bit of a walk, uh, probably a 10-minute uh, a ten minute walk from the train station, uh, maybe 12 minutes tops. Um, you'll probably pass a Lions Row Brewing right there. Uh, maybe you want to make a stop in before you uh, go to the event. It's a great event. It's literally seven minutes from my house, so it's one of these events I can't miss. Uh, last year I did because I was in San Diego, but uh, this year I certainly won't miss it, so I will be there. And if you get tickets and go, westfieldhops.com, and you see me, say hi. I'm always happy to chat uh, beer up with folks uh, at these events, and uh, my good friend Allison does a wonderful job uh, putting these things on. Oyster Fest, that's taking place Saturday, September 16th at Flagship Brewing on Staten Island. All day long, Minthorne Street, just minutes from the Staten Island Ferry. Radio Days will be performing along with some other musical acts. They'll have fresh oysters, delicious beers as well. Uh, if you're looking for a cool place to go and uh, maybe you live in Manhattan and you want to head over to Staten Island, uh, jump on the ferry. It's a 30-minute ride. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful ride. One of the best free rides that you want to take in all of Manhattan. Gorgeous views of the Statue of Liberty, the Manhattan skyline. It's just, it's unbelievable. So do it. Head over there. It's about a 15-minute walk from the ferry, or you can jump on the uh, Staten Island Rapid Transit. It's two stops. Or no, is it two stops? No, I think it's one stop. I'm pretty sure it's one stop. Uh, and you're there. You get off. You walk right out of the train. Uh, Minthorne Street is right there, and you can enjoy some delicious beers from Flagship. And then if you want, go right up the street to Staten Island Craft House. You pick yourself up some Killsboro beer to take along with the flagship brew, uh, beer that you picked up and bring it home. There you go. Easy peasy. So simple. Lost Barrel Brewing in Middleburg, Virginia. Uh, they're having their Oktoberfest. It is taking place, uh, let's see here. Is it September 29th? Uh, September 30th, I believe it is. September 29th and 30th. Uh, tickets are 35 bucks uh, for general admission. At the door, uh, it's $40. So it's on the 30th. Uh, you can buy tickets ahead of time for 35 bucks. $40 at the door, you get a souvenir glass uh, and seven seven-ounce taster drink tickets. Pretty good deal for uh, for 40 bucks, 35 bucks. Not bad. Uh, that's, again, Lost Barrel Brewing in Middleburg, Virginia, their Oktoberfest 2023. For the first time, Russian River STS Pills and Velvet Glow Hellas Lager uh, is available in stores in 12-ounce cans, uh, six-packs starting this fall. California Craft Brewery's offerings have previously been available exclusively on draft, and in 510 milliliter bottles. Now, uh, Russian River announced the news this week in an email to their wholesale partners. The response so far, according to Russian River co-owner Natalie Salerzo, uh, has been overwhelmingly positive. That, she told, to Brewbound, a great resource uh, for craft beer. So again, cans of Russian River beer. Now again, it's not Plenty the Elder or Plenty the Younger, but it's something. Russian River is good stuff. Um a listener to this program and the Joe Piscopo Show and other radio shows, uh, Jeff, had sent me this information, wanted to get it to you. Locally in New Jersey, Turtle Back on Tap, Saturday, September 23rd. The rain date is Sunday, September 24th. Beer, wine, food trucks, long game, 6 to 9 p.m. It's a fundraiser. 
that lets you enjoy tasting dozens of beers and wines from around the corner and around the world, all set to the backdrop of the Essex County's uh, Turtleback Zoo. Wine and spirit tastings available as well as food vendors. Turtleback on tap a benefit for the Essex County Parks Foundation. The event is a rebrand of their Ales and Tails fundraiser. It's a $60 general admission, $15 for designated drivers. Uh, Eventbrite has more info. I know it's a fundraiser. $60 is a lot of money for three hours of beer drinking. I'm just saying. That's a lot of money at $60. Um, And again, uh, I can't go to this event. I'll be up in Pennsylvania uh, for another great event, uh, raising money for pediatric cancer. So if you want to help out the Turtleback Zoo, if you want to um, have some beer and look at some animals and uh, eat some delicious food, you want to check it out, just head over to Eventbrite. Turtleback on tap. Do a search for that. You can get the tickets right there. Chilton Mill Brewing up uh, near Chester hosting uh, New Jersey. They're hosting their Oktoberfest on October 7th and 8th, 3 to 10 p.m. on the 7th, noon to 6 p.m. on the 8th. It's a two-day Oktoberfest party. They're going to have live music on both days, a Stein hosting uh, hoisting competition, delicious German-style beers for you as well. Save the date. You don't want to miss the event. We'll have more details uh, in the coming weeks. And then finally, Thorn Brewing, thrilled to announce a fresh new addition to the year-round lineup, Sun-Soaked West Coast IPA. Uh, Sun-Soaked IPA first made its appearance in their series of thoughtfully crafted limited-release IPAs. Over the past two years, the response from their customers have been nothing short of fantastic. That from Mark Martin, Thornton's uh, CEO, explains. We're thrilled to share that Sun-Soaked will now be a year-round offering, a nod to its outstanding quality and popularity among beer enthusiasts. Uh, They say with an average of 246 days of sun a year, it can be said that San Diego is soaked in sun. I can certainly attest to that, which is how sun-soaked IPA was inspired by America's finest city. It's a 7% ABV IPA, mango passion fruit, fresh berry flavors, playing off of the heady, dank aroma of tropical fruits and light herbiness that comes from the Strata and Equinot hop combination. It is joining Thorns Brewing's other year-round beers uh, there are, I believe, it's six of them, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, that's six, seven beers that they have, which is great. Um, sun-soaked IPA now available in cans as well as on draft throughout San Diego and Southern California. I am not that familiar with Thorn Brewing. Um, I did not know of them. And maybe I had, I'm trying to think if I had them when I was at any events uh, when we were out in San Diego. I don't believe so, uh, but maybe that's one to put on the... Um, on the calendar um, coming up uh, for next year when I do some uh, maybe some more traveling. I am definitely making it to Colorado next year. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, and when we come back after a break, we'll talk about what's going on for the Great American Beer Festival from a brewery that's out there that's hosting a bunch of different breweries from around the country um, that will be there. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. And <laughs> here's an interesting one. Beer goggles. Remember when, you know, you used to hang out with your friends, you go to the bar and you had a couple and whatever, and, oh, yeah, you got beer goggles on. She's not that good looking or he's not that good looking, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Well, is there such a thing as beer goggles? Well, AmericanCraftBeer.com did a little did a little uh, write-up on it, and we'll share those results for you. Coming up next on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So don't delay, act now, surprise and run it out. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Smash Mouth, walking on the sun, 
Their lead singer, who was actually, I think he was uh, kicked out of the band, or uh, I forgot the whole story about it, but Steve Harwell uh, passed away uh, over the weekend at 56 years old. He had a lot of liver damage. The guy had some issues. Uh, he definitely had some issues with booze. Um, he departed in 2021. Um, there's only one original member that is uh, left with the band. That's um, Paul De, uh, Paul De Lacille, I think is how you pronounce it. I, listen, I, I, yeah, everybody thought they were a one-hit wonder. There was more to them uh, than meets the eye. But um, just the shame that at 56 that you could pass away like that. Obviously, they had the, uh, the they did the Monkees remake. Uh, I'm a believer. That All Star. Um, they had a couple of hits back in the uh, in the late '90s, and uh, I know that there were people that were really, really big fans uh, of this band. And '56 is way too young um, to leave uh, this earth. A, a, f- a former colleague of mine who's retired had a story about meeting him on a plane going to Vegas, and he was quite inebriated. And they had this whole conversation between him and his uh, he and his wife and, and Steve Harwell. And by the end of it, they had exchanged cell phone numbers. And they gave him tickets to uh, a show that Smash Mouth was playing. They ended up going, and while it wasn't their cup of tea, they enjoyed it. Um, So kind of cool that, uh, you know, you meet somebody like that, and, you know, all of a sudden, boom, uh, that's what happens. All right, let's dive into some more news. And uh, that whole story I I was telling you about, or I teased, about beer goggles. Now, first up, whether you have a ticket to the Great American Beer Festival or not, you're in Colorado, beloved beer bar Hops and Pie, hosting its annual incredible slate of events in honor of the GABF. Again, no ticket needed here. Hops and Pie will once again temporarily be adding an additional 20 taps for the week via the old Falling Rock Trail, uh, bringing them up to 55 to 60 lines for the week, often featuring beers that never make it to the state. Now, earlier this year, they also officially opened their 3,000-square-foot patio complete with fire pits and permanent heaters. Now, four events which are a craft beer lover's dream, include a CSA portfolio kickoff event, a Weldworks Casey Brewing Tap Takeover, Colorado's West Coast IPA All-Star Showdown, and more. Uh, the most up-to-date tap list can be found through uh, links. Uh, we will. N- I'm not going to be providing the links, but, of course, you can go to them. Uh, you know, Maybe we'll post them up online, and you can click on them um, when you want. So the schedule of events, all of them starting at 11 a.m., include... On Wednesday, September 20th, the Hops and Pie kicking off the GAB, uh, GABF event with a crooked, a crooked, crooked, <laughs> easy for me to say, a crooked staves artesians portfolio tap takeover. They'll be pouring beer from Parrish, Lawson's Finest, Toppling Goliath, Frem, and many others. That's pretty cool. Worth the price of admission. The next day on Thursday, September 21st at 11 a.m., two beloved Colorado institutions teaming up for a massive tap takeover, the Weldworks Brewing and Casey Brewing and Blending event. On Friday, September 22nd, this might be the one that I would go to if I was going to be in town. I'm not, but this would be the one. On Friday, September 22nd, Elite Brands Portfolio rolling in on Friday with beers from, listen to this, Three Floyds, Russian River, Brooklyn Brewery, Outer Range, Four Noses, Ale Smith, Four Noses Modern Times. Well, they have Four Noses repeated twice. I don't know about that. Strike that one, Four Noses. Modern Times, Coronado Brewing, and Destill. That's pretty good. Saturday, Hobson Pie uh, closes out on September 23rd with its hometown heroes via its tap room with Colorado's West Coast IPA All-Stars, IPAs from Comrade, Cannonball Creek, Westbound, uh, Westbound and Down, and Joyride. 
That's pretty cool. So if you're in town for that, if you haven't had enough drinking or, uh, you know, to leading up to the GABF, you can head over to Hops and Pie hosting their annual incredible slate of events. That's pretty cool. Now, most of us are familiar with the concept of beer goggles, the idea that people around you might become more attractive after a drink. Turns out it's not exactly true. This is from AmericanCraftBeer.com. The beer goggles effect may be a myth, and according to a U.S. research team, something is happening, but it's more complicated than you might think. The findings are published in the Journal of Studies on Alcohol and Drugs seems to cast doubt on the so-called phenomenon of beer goggles. However, the study does support the idea that alcohol can provide men with some liquid courage. So it's not that a beer or two makes the opposite sex more attractive. More so, it makes them more braver, loosens them up a little bit with regard to asking someone out that they already find attractive. Um, this was done in Palo Alto, California, in, uh, at Stanford University. Uh, they were affiliated with the University of Pittsburgh at the time of the study. They brought in 18 pairs of male friends in their 20s to the laboratory to rate the attractiveness of people they viewed in photos and videos while sober and while intoxicated. Very interesting. Um, conventional wisdom would suggest that alcohol leads people to perceive others as more physically attractive. Now, the, the doctor in this study, the PhD, yeah, the doctor in the study, Molly Bowdring, told the New York Post, most experimental tests of alcohol's effects have relied on testing people in isolation because physical attractiveness plays a pretty key role in our social experiences. We wanted to better understand how does alcohol influence that. When researchers introduced the possibility of interacting with those strange, attractive strangers in the future, the intoxicated men were found to be 1.71 times more open to meeting one of those attractive people in person, which they might not otherwise dare to do so sober. So this small study indicates that it may be less about the beer goggle effect, but more about intoxicated men gaining liquid courage. Again, loosening up to be able to talk to somebody, to have a conversation with, and maybe eventually asking them out on an actual date and going somewhere. Interesting stuff. See, there's education in beer. Uh, beer lovers love to go on vacations, and they love to do beer vacations. So home to go it's an online site that offers vacation rentals. Compile the list of the best U.S. cities for sipping suds. Um, they, they put together some raw data. They based it on four data points. The number of top-rated beer bars in each city, the number of breweries and brew pubs, and the median nightly price of an accommodation and the average price of a pint of beer. So here's their top cities. I, I will agree to and disagree on some of these. Number one is Cincinnati, Ohio. I, I, don't know if, I don't know if to me that would be number one. Number two is Denver, Colorado. Okay. Number three, Philadelphia. Philadelphia has a great bar scene and, and a beer scene, for those that don't know. Number four, Chicago, Illinois. You might think that, for, for those that are beer experts, they know this. For those that aren't, might think that Chicago is not a great beer mecca. It actually is, very much so. Richmond, Virginia, up and coming. A lot of good breweries in Virginia. I could see that. Seattle, Washington. Again, Seattle, great stuff. I remember in the 90s, Pyramid Ales, great stuff when I was out there. That's good stuff. Portland, Oregon, of course, that's number seven. I would have ranked that maybe a little bit higher. Indianapolis, Indiana, that's the odd one. Yes, I know there's some good beers out there. I'm not sure if this would be on that list. Milwaukee, Wisconsin, obviously, you got Line and Kugels, you got other stuff that's around there. Okay, I can understand that. And then finally, number 10, St. Louis, Missouri. St. Louis does have some good breweries. I'm shocked San Diego is not on that list. Um, I'm not surprised New York or New Jersey didn't make that list. I think New York's got some good stuff. New York has some great beer bars. Not enough breweries in Manhattan proper. Outer boroughs, yes. Not so much Manhattan. Um, 
Maybe you put New York in there. New Jersey, up and coming. Way, had a long way to go. Um, but San Diego absolutely should have been a part of this list, uh, without a doubt. San Diego has a, has a tremendous beer scene. Florida is becoming a better beer scene, too. But, you know, we'll leave it at that. Uh, maybe we'll post that link from AmericanCraftBeer.com. You can check out the article on your own. Finally, two other things before we get out of here. Bagby Beer celebrating nine years as a brewery. They're having a big party on Saturday, September 16th. It's a fun day of celebrating. They're bringing back a handful of past menu uh, items, superstars, and setting you up with some sweet deals on their famous margaritas and palomas, as well as liters of beer, each for just $9 all day long. That's pretty good. A liter of beer for 9 bucks, pretty good. Uh, they're going to have short rib tacos, bagby mac and cheese, uh, pizza. Uh, they'll have cookie ice cream sandwiches, a lot of good stuff. Just follow Bagby on uh, Facebook. Uh, nine years of a brewery, great little place to go in Oceanside, California. And when you're done over there, if you're heading over there, uh, next week, why don't just go right around the corner to Kilowatt Brewing? You will not be disappointed. Trust me. Finally, Dogfish Head, they brought back Pumpkin Ale. But this time, it's at 7% ABV, which is pretty good for a pumpkin beer. But this time, it's in cans. First time ever in 29 years. It's available in six packs of 12-ounce cans, now on shelves, taps nationwide. Uh, this is part of Dogfish Head's art series. It's a yearly collection of four beers featuring artwork by a single collaborating artist. This year's Pumpkin Ale boasts packaging by Natalia Balnova. She's a New York-based illustrator, designer, and printmaker. She is best known for creating artwork featuring whimsical words and playful storyscapes. Now, if you're not a fan of the pumpkin beer, Dogfish Head has you covered. The off-centered variety pack will be out. It's a curated mix of four crisp and drinkable beers to enjoy this harvest season. A variety pack exclusive This is a one-off. Tasty Traveler Lager. It's a uh, south-of-the-border flavor adventure. It's a uh, 5% ABV brewed with Oaxacan green corn, Baja Salicornia, sea salt, and Mexican lime juice. A refreshing light-bodied beer with a crackery malt backbone and a subtle lime tartness. It also contains three 12-ounce cans of each of the following beers. 60-minute IPA, Slightly Mighty, a Locale IPA, and the Blue Hen Pilsner which all three will be available, three cans of each, including three cans of the lager in that uh, 12-pack, dogfishhead.com. That is the off-centered variety pack if you are interested in that. But pumpkin ale for the first time ever in cans. That is awesome. When we come back after a short break, it's time for Suds and Duds, baby, on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Jimmy. I don't know. So sad that we are not going to get more Jimmy Buffett passing away last week at the age of 76. An extremely rare type of skin cancer. That was Volcano from the uh, Feeding Frenzy Jimmy Buffett live album in the uh, early 90s, right here on the Algatulo Craft Beer cast on AM 970. The answer. And just so sad that um, he passed away from that um, very rare skin cancer that, again, 
uh, he was being treated for. Uh, he was fighting it. He was dealing with it for a number of years. And um, sadly, we lost Jimmy. He passed away out in Sag Harbor uh, where he had a house. Uh, lived in, I, I think, I guess he was back and forth, New York and Florida. I know he was out in the Hamptons a lot. Um, just lived, a, uh, he lived a life that everybody wanted to live. It's just tremendous. All right, let me run through suds and duds, and then uh, we'll wrap up the show here uh, with uh, no guests on the program. So, But uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, you know, a week to sort of vent about a number of uh, different things. Uh, Wet Ticket has a new brew over in Broadway, and if you haven't been there yet, you really should go. Uh, it's an easy ride. You can come in from the city, take New Jersey Transit, uh, head down the uh, Northeast Corridor or the North Jersey Coastline, and uh, it's five stops from uh, Newark Penn. Uh, Monk Haze is their new one. Uh, and they did this in collaboration with a, a band that plays from time to time. They're called Rusty Monks. And um, it's a really good IPA. It's not super juicy. It is delicious, though. It's got all the look of a, uh, of a you know, so it, actually, it doesn't really have the look of a hazy. It Usually, mo- a lot of hazies are much more cloudy. Um but this one is not as cloudy. It's still got a little juice in there, but it is definitely not um, a super juicy beer. But it is quite good. It's quite tasty. Um, Daylily by Autodidact, uh, an outstanding pale ale. Uh, this tastes like a juicy, but it's not. It's really nice and not heavy. I have to take a ride out to Randolph to Autodidact because uh, these guys are making really good beer, and it's great to see that they're on tap at Paragon Tap and Table. I love it. And I love the fact that it's a pale ale. It's not super, you know, it's not uh, banging you over the head with 8 9%. It is definitely uh, a really, really good uh, beer. Uh, then I was in the city uh, with friends uh, a couple weeks ago at a place called District Tap House, a couple blocks from uh, Port Authority, and um, a number of different great beers uh, on tap there. They have a they have a really great tap list. And it's a it's a place that you wouldn't normally go to. It's sort of in the garment district again. It's it's across from the big post office on uh, 38th between uh, 8th and 9th. But I'll tell you, the food is excellent. The beers are great. They have Prison City Pub and Brewing uh, at District Tap House, which is awesome. Citra Oasis is the beer I had there. A banging hazy, outstanding. Then I went on to uh, have a cheat code from uh, Torch and Crown. Solid West Coast IPA, loving it. Uh, I'll drink. If Torch and Crown is on tap anywhere, I'm drinking it without a doubt. Um, good stuff, good beers, great restaurant, really nice place to go uh, if you're looking for uh, you know something right around uh, the Port Authority District Tap House is the name of the uh, uh, is the name of the place. Uh, my good friends from Trogues sent me over a couple of cans of Hapora, um, and as I mentioned on Untap, you can follow me there at Gatulo. I need to visit this place soon. Uh, not a bad beer in the many that I have had from this company, whether I've bought them or they've sent them to me. Delicious, nice hot pro- profile too. Trogs is just a, fan- a really, really fantastic um, mid-sized brewery is what I would say. They're not in every market. They make great beer. They don't go too far out of their expansion. They have their radius. They know where they want to be, and they consistently make delicious, delicious beer. So definitely something you want to uh you want to jump on if you see it in the stores. I think that's I, I think I mentioned that Hapora was um part of their no it's not in a rotator anymore. It's a part of their permanent lineup. Now, Sun Deck Flex by Two Ton. If you haven't been to Two Ton in Kenilworth, you need to get over there. 
I need to make a stop back over there again and hang for a couple of beers. It's so close to my house. It's silly for me not to go. Um, loving the ginger and the lime in this. It is a perfect beer for a hot and humid night. Uh, it's the perfect beer if you want to take it easy. It's a Kolsch-style ale. Um, you don't want to have too many. You want to just kind of chill. This is the beer to have, Sun Deck Flex from uh, Two-Ton Brewing. And again, like I said, have to get back over to Two-Ton um, as soon as possible because they just really do some good stuff. And, you know, they're in a location. They they love the town. They love Union County. Um, it's minutes from the parkway. I mean, literally, you get off the exit. It's uh, If you're coming... If you're coming north, uh, it's a little bit of a wraparound, and you're there in about maybe f- less than five minutes. If you're coming from the south, I mean, it's you get off the exit, you make a, a left at the light, it's a right maybe two blocks down, and you're there. A right and a left, and you're there. I mean, come on. Easy peasy. Can't go wrong. Um, check Dark Lager. This is by Earthen Ales. Um, I got this beer from uh, the the great ladies uh, from that work at Wet Ticket and are friends of mine, Colleen and Kim. You can follow them on Cracked One at the Summit. They do a lot of hiking and stuff. Uh, great beers that they always get. This one came from uh, Detroit, from Michigan, I believe Detroit, if I'm not mistaken. Very tasty dark lager. A little bit more sweetness than I want in this. Just a, a, too, a little too much, but very enjoyable. Sat out in the backyard and had one of these on the deck and uh, just was really, really nice. Uh, a, an excellent beer. Thank you, ladies. Uh, for that one, that is f- delicious, and I love a good Czech dark lager. I mean, it's more breweries are starting to make them, which I love. I love the fact that since the pandemic, we're seeing all these great classic styles that are coming back. There is nothing wrong with that. And then finally, uh, Human Lie Detector by Troon. Uh, great hop, nice bite, delicious. Um, had this, uh, uh, you know, about six or seven days ago. I was down there picking up uh, a couple of cans. I had uh, scored the uh, Troon release that day. And, uh, of course, you go to Troon when you pick up your cans, you have to have a taster of whatever they have on tap because that's the whole point of it. You have a couple, you enjoy the backyard for a little bit, and then you jump in your car and, for me, drive an hour back. I mean, that's how it goes. What are you going to do? Anyway, before we get out of here, a couple things. Obviously, uh, tomorrow is uh, 9-11, a very sad day in our lives. Uh, 22 years ago, um, terrorists attacked the United States of America, the studios that are here where I broadcast out of literally around the corner uh, from the Twin Towers, from where the Twin Towers once stood. Um, just a very, very sad day. And for those of you uh, who had loved ones there uh, at 9-11 or, you know, suffered afterwards uh, from being there and working on the site, uh, my heart goes out to you. Um, just it's an awful day. It's a day that a lot of people would prefer to forget, but we can't ever forget that day. Uh, one of the most horrific acts since Pearl Harbor, and Pearl Harbor is something we should never forget, but we should also never forget 9-11. The sacrifices, um, the, the, the deaths, all of those things, just horrible. Um, and, and again, my heart goes out to all of you uh, that are suffering right now and just want to forget about that day. And then finally... And I don't mean to to end this show on a down note because I I don't like to do that. But um, earlier uh, last week, um, we lost somebody from my uh, high school graduating class of uh, 1988, New York High School, Staten Island. Marla Moley was a wonderful, 
person. She was kind-hearted. She was giving. She cared. She was a special needs kid, but she didn't allow that to affect her in her everyday life. She gave back constantly. She loved kids. She loved her cat Ernie. She loved new kids on the block. She was a blockhead. That's what they call themselves. She was. She loved them. Um, my friend Bethany took her to see new kids on the block. Uh, a couple of friends. She had met a friend in Texas. I spoke to briefly at her service um, the other day. She flew in from Texas to be at the wake for her friend. That's amazing. The love that she had in the group home that she was in, um, you couldn't ask for anything more. You really couldn't. She was a wonderful spirit. She was looking forward to our high school reunion this year. She came to the last one, first time she had ever come to one of our reunions. She wasn't sure how she was going to be received and react, and she had the time of her life. And that made me and many others feel awesome. Marla, you will be missed, you are loved, and you are thought of by many. And there are a lot of people who are sad that you are no longer here on this earth to give back, to spread your love, to spread your joy throughout the entire world. Marla, you were one of the best. And I am very, very sad in, you know, at your passing. It's just too young. Far, far too young. My thanks to everybody on, that uh, helps out with this show. And, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. I am back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m. Uh, we'll, we'll be doing a lot of stuff on 9-11. This has been the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast. Cheers, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.